Welcome to Shrink Wrap, a podcast where Fran and Becky give proper respect to various mental health and wellness topics while adding in a little bit of smart assery that they just can't seem to contain. This podcast cannot and does not constitute therapy advice. However, we do hope that you find the information we share with you helpful and entertaining. Please be advised that this podcast discusses topics that can be sensitive to some listeners. Use appropriate discretion. Okay, welcome. Episode two, season two. Here Hello. we go. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. So can we take a moment and no. talk about Simone Biles? Is that okay? It's a mental oh, health thing. Oh, yeah, oh for God. sure. I would be fascinated to hear what you have oh, to say about this. Yes. I do. I greatly admire her. I'm going to be really honest. Oh, absolutely. I think I it think, took a ton of courage. I know. And you know, ta- I mean, taking a pause to take care of yourself, not just because of a physical injury, but because of mental pressure and overload and whatever. Yeah. Good for her. So just to set the scene. So it is July 29th, 2021. Yes. And so explain for the people who are not binging the Olympics, what, <laughs> what has happened here with Simone Biles and who is Simone Biles? Well, Simone Biles is, I think, um, undoubtedly, I don't, and unquestionably, probably the greatest gymnast ever. Mm-hmm. She's insane. Mm-hmm. And how old is she? She's young. She is early twenties, isn't yeah, she? Like twenty four or twenty six. Yeah. yeah. So prefrontal cortex barely done developing. Mm-hmm. She admittedly has ADHD. Had troubles with childhood growing up. Um, obviously, a sexual abuse survivor. And we say obvious, obviously, because of Dr. Nasser, right, who has been convicted, mm-hmm. right, and she's been vocal about that, right, and obviously, so no stress and no childhood no. trauma, right, no none. So she should have all of her shit together, totally, yeah, right. I do, I you know, I have seen some of the stuff that says she's a quitter, and we're embracing so, the quit culture. Hang on, the wait. Oh, so okay. For those not aware, oh. what happened? What did oh, she do? Oh, sorry. Are we yeah, about her? she bowed out. Mm-hmm. She said, "I'm done." Not on everything. I think she agreed to do the individual competition, okay. but not the team competition. Okay, that's my last understanding of where she was at. Yeah, and you're probably way more informed than I am because mm-hmm. I don't read it all, but. Yeah, she just said, I'm not I'm not up for it. Yeah, she did like one vault in the team competition and then said, nope. And sure, her form wasn't good. And so, yeah, she bowed out. But then people are like, well, what's going on with Simone? Yeah. Uh, and the the amount of pressure that she's under, though. like, yeah. So, I don't know. I would be interested to hear your take on, I guess, mental health versus just the pressure of being called the greatest gymnast to ever take the vault, which I think goes hand in hand with the mental health. Right. Yeah. I I don't know. Is that, is the pressure, the societal pressure different than just mental health? Is she just like, Nope, like this is all too much. Like, I don't, what are you, what's your, what's your take? Well, I was, I found some interesting posts on Facebook, so take them with a grain of salt, but um, people compared her to, I'm going to totally butcher this, but it was some gymnast. I want to say from like the Ukraine, Nadia Komanich? Nope, not her. Um, it was somebody I'd never heard of. So we're talking like Olympics in the 70s okay. when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and she injured her, she overextended her leg or something. And so she really shouldn't have been competing. She was in a ton of pain. Mm-hmm. And her coach was like, you can do this. You just need to push through. And she did. And I get goosebumps. She fell off the beam, um, hit her chin and ended up being a quadriplegic. Oh God. And like died in her twenties. And so, I mean, there's an example mm-hmm. of, she should have been allowed to say, I don't think I've got what it takes to do this. Mm-hmm. And then the coach be like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Right. You're injured. 
Um, and so I, and then they say, you know, like, even if it was like just a mental game, it wasn't a physical issue with Simone. Um, when you look at the stuff she does, which is stuff that, uh, I mean, you guys, I can't do a cartwheel. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can barely sit crisscross applesauce these days. <laughs> so oh, when you look at the stuff she can do, and they were talking about changing the scoring because it's not fair that she can do it all so perfectly. Right. You know, and like somebody said, nobody said, well, you know, when Michael Jordan plays, we're only going to give him one point per field goal because mm-hmm. he's so good. Right. But they did that to her. So if you think about if she's off just by a fraction of a nanosecond, mm-hmm. she could break her neck. Right. I think it's okay to say uh, my head's not in the game. Yeah. And I think that more and more we're seeing other athletes being willing to step aside. Entertainers are stepping aside yeah. when they're not, you know, not doing well emotionally. Yeah. And I think, again, it's giving people permission to say, I need to get my shit together. That's yeah. okay. And why are we so, I mean, I get why we're so obsessed with the Olympics. We want to be the best and it's the best of the best. But why is it, why are people taking it personally? Mm-hmm. That's what I don't understand. She let her country down. Oh, okay. Well, if she would have like ended up a quadriplegic, then yay, USA. Yeah. That's what I don't get. Like, it's okay if she ends up dead, but it's not okay well, for her to bow I mean, out. Maybe she's in the, in the shadow of like Carrie Strug, right? Right. The girl who who vaulted, this was uh, 10, 20 years ago, but vaulted and damn near broke her ankle doing so. But, you know, that was her showing up for for America. So especially in her own sport, you have that precedent. You do. Well, in gymnastics, I think, has a precedent just across the table. Like I had a friend who was a a gymnast all through high school and maybe college. I'm not 100% sure. And she said, my girls will never do gymnastics. Mm -hmm. And we had Grace in it. She just liked it. So she did it. And then she got obscenely tall. So we were like, in fact, a friend of ours, um, who's her orthopedic surgeon, he said, I want to see her on the beam one more time. That's what he said this weekend. And I'm like, so her toes can drag. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I also thought of it as the parent of a talented athlete. And where she goes with it, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But we always tell her, like, have fun. The minute you quit having fun, it's not worth it anymore. Mm -hmm. I will never forget when my son was little, he was in wrestling, which I was really hard to watch. But I remember we were watching a boy wrestling. He was a phenomenal wrestler. His dad was sitting behind us. He was a huge guy. Obviously, he had been a wrestler himself. And his son cried out in pain. And He wasn't the kind of kid that was like faking it for drama. And anyway, long story short, the dad stepped in and he said, we are stopping this. Oh, wow. We are stopping it now. And he gave his son permission to get off that mat. He hugged his son and he said, there's another day. There is another day. Yeah. And I had a friend um, whose kids are the same age as my two older kids. And she has since passed away of breast cancer. However, one of the things she told me and her daughter uh, was a collegiate volleyball player, but she always told her daughter in high school, you need to study because you are one blown knee away from all of this going away. Mm -hmm. And so we've always told our kids that, like, what you have upstairs is what's going to pay the bills. And so the rest of it's just for fun. Mm -hmm. But this isn't just for fun for Simone. This is who she is. This is her livelihood. And good. I feel good for her for taking care of herself. I think so, too. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. And I I guess I didn't lose any respect, and I don't consider it part of quit culture. I just don't. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's one thing to say, I'm not ready to risk my life. And it's another thing to say, oh, I guess flipping burgers wasn't as fun as I thought. Right. Exactly. I don't know. Just, I was just curious what we all thought about that since it's kind of blown up the interweb Mm -hmm. the last few days. Right. 
Well, I hope we have a fantastic factoid. Oh, of course. And I'm glad we labeled it fantastic instead of nerdy because I'm, I'm taking a more positive. Because <laughs> you're not a nerd. No. So, okay, I'm, gonna, okay, I'm not going to do like answer together because we all know that Becky doesn't follow the rules. So I'm going to ask Brody first. Yep. What is it about aging that makes women happier as they get older, especially between the ages of 50 to 70? No interruptions. What is it that makes aging better for women? It makes them happier, happier. as they get older. What um, the frick? I think, and I, I guess I mean this with the most respect, <laughs> uh, you lose a give a damn. Like, I don't know, like the societal, I was just reading on Reddit this morning. There was a, a just a feed about like, women, what do you want to know from men? Or have, But I've always been afraid to ask. And one of them said, like, do you judge us on our bodies as much as we judge ourselves? And every guy was like, no, mm-hmm. that's not that's not <laughs> happening. So okay. as you get older, you just stop caring. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's it's either that or increased sex drive. So I don't know. OK, could be both. Go ahead, Becky. I agree with him. You just quit caring. OK. So here it is. Research from Australia followed women for 20 years and attributes some of this to the fact that women received more me time as they got older. So spending time doing whatever the hell they wanted to do. And with that me time comes a lot of satisfactory revelations. Hindsight's 2020 people, right? right? One of the biggest ones is that I wouldn't have been as concerned about my physical appearance. Ooh, yeah. I feel like I win. Boom. I got it. Shaka-laka. Yeah, go yes. Brody. And I'm, as someone in my um, early 40s, joking, in my mid-50s, I can honestly say I am so much more relaxed about that. It's just like, hey, whatever. It's good. We're good. We're good. Yeah. We're good. As long as we're healthy, we're good. I can walk. I can talk. Well, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, <laughs> it's all good. I love that. And I wish younger people, and maybe they are. I think some of them are starting to embrace that. And I like that. I do too. Yeah. I love it. So today's show is entitled Shit People Never Told You. <laughs> I love this. And a shout out to my client who gave me the idea, the beautiful, brilliant client that I have. You know who you are. So, um, I don't think you can say that on a lot. You can't, I mean, now you know who you are is going to like, everyone's going to know everybody, you know, it's kind of like with your kids, all her clients are going to be sitting back going, well, obviously she was talking about me. (laughs) I'm the beautiful, brilliant one. It's like calling out the freckle belly. I I, I don't want to tell you how to do your hip hop, but I'm not sure you can say that. I'm going to risk it. I'm totally going to risk it. I loved this one because I think there's so much sage advice that Mm -hmm. if we could go back and give it to our younger selves, it would be wonderful. And one of them is ditch the shoulds. Or I don't know if you learned this in cognitive behavioral therapy, but shooting all over yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And this just cracks me up. And I, 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 it triggers me just a smidge. You should get married. You should have kids. You should do this. So you get married when you have a kid. So then you have a kid when you have another kid. Right. Um, I just had a client today. She was like, yeah, they're asking me when we're having number two. And I'm like, why don't you enjoy number one? And she goes, yeah. exactly. Like, yeah. Like it's know, a race. He's not even a year old. Like just enjoy what you have. Um, and what is good for you? may not be good for the next person. So for those of you that like to, you know, push out a kid every, you know, seven months, good for you. Glad Mm -hmm. you like it. I was like three and done and that wasn't even planned. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, you should go to college says who maybe you want to go to like a Votech and learn a trade and do that. And just, you have to do what I think brings you joy. Mm -hmm. And if that's a little off the beaten path then who cares? Exactly. Yeah. 
We talked about this one before, so but I think it's worth repeating is that marriage is a business contract yeah. or any kind of partnership, a love relationship, because it's like if that person does not bring out the best in you or support what mm-hmm. you value and what you love, mm-hmm. then that's going to take energy away from you being the best that you can be. Well, I want to point out, because I think what you said in our um, relationship, like healthy relationship one, mm-hmm. what you said is not a business contract. You said it is the most important business decision you will make. And yes. that resonated. That mm-hmm. Those were some strong words, Fran Sipple. Well, once in a while, I kick it out. Boom. Right? Yeah. Boom. And along those lines, I tell my kids this. I mean, Jim just shakes his head. Um, sexual compatibility is important. And that's why I say, take that shit for a ride. Make sure it works. <laughs> Thanks for the visual. Appreciate that. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't visualize my kids, but you do you, Fran. I'm not going to tell you how to mother. Actually, I was thinking of you and Jim. <laughs> Oh, God, I definitely don't visualize that. (laughs) Although that's probably the only way he gets it these days. Visualize, Jim. Visualize. (laughs) But it is so... Close your eyes. Close your eyes. It is so important. Yeah. Whatever it is, make sure you're compatible. I think that... Everybody should have time living alone without another human and figuring out, like, who do I want to be? Yeah. Right? Not in relationship to anybody else. Mm -hmm. That's a luxury. Of course, we can't all afford to do that. But I think that is a beautiful thing if you can afford to do that. I think so, too. Yeah. Did you ever have that time alone? Oh, gosh. Now you're making me go on the way back machine. I know. I don't know that I did, to be honest. I totally did not. I went from college to, I mean, I was engaged in high school. You're Mm -hmm. welcome, mom and dad. And so I went from engaged in college to living with my husband. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a 20-year-old. Mine, I think I was single, like alone in an apartment just for like a hot minute, like in between boyfriends. I like the spending alone time. Um, I know you said living alone, but I think it's important just to have alone time, mm-hmm. you know, if that's what feeds your soul. And even if you have little kids, um, find a way to do that. You know, work it out with your business partner. Um, get a babysitter. Do whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. But just have some alone time. And that is something like our parents, at least my parents, never encourage me. Like, it's really important not only that you spend time alone, but enjoy your time alone. Like a lot of people are scared of it. They'll do anything to avoid being alone. I'm so lonely. I don't know what to do with myself. And it's like, enjoy that time. It's golden. So speaking of that, I just have to mention this. So my mother-in-law stayed with us last week and she's coming back in a couple of weeks and she's 89 Mm -hmm. and freaking fabulous. Like I just love this woman so much. And we went to Hobby Lobby for an hour and a half, which is the seventh circle of hell for Becky. Uh, However, watching her and Allison interact because they both love shopping was mm -hmm. like the best gift ever. I just stood back and watched them go. But she introduced me to something called diamond art. Have you heard of this? Okay. Does it have to do with like some kind of, is it the same as jewel art? No, it's so weird. It's like a cross between, I don't know, embroidery. Bejazzling. It's not, you know, you do what you need to do with your diamond art. But you do, you have like this little plastic thing and you put little little and you make a thing and it's like oh, that narrows mine, it down I, I can picture it right now it's like embroidery <laughs> and latch hook meet plastic and tattooing and uh, what tattooing. are you even yeah, talking it's, about it's like pixel art yeah pixel art there yeah, you go so yeah little dots that happen to be jewels i think it is very similar to yeah. jewel art but then it goes on like a sticker sheet or something yeah and you have hmm. a little you, yeah. well mine has a little outline i'm sure people don't always need them but mm-hmm. my yeah my girls are into it, it stresses me all out i can't i can't do it okay hmm. so me and brody's Young, young daughters. Okay, perfect. (laughs) 
but what the heck, why not? Don't let relationships with others define you. And I think that's really important. But I want to hear more from Fran. When you read that, what do you think? No, but so many times, and I don't mean to like diss on young women, but I just hear it more from young women than men, that they feel they always have to be in a relationship, a significant relationship. They always have to like try to make the guy happy, try to please him. This is 2021. Yeah. Why? Right. Why are we doing this? You know, as as I was reading this and as you were talking, it made me think of, I'm a huge Parks and Recs fan um, with Leslie Nope and all her friends. And her friend Anne, they, they have this fundraiser where they have like a rummage sale. And Anne has a box from every of her relationships. So like mm-hmm. when she was with Andy, there's like a grunge box. And then when she was with um, the super healthy guy, Rob Lowe, whatever his name, why I can't think of it. But she had like all the health kick stuff mm-hmm. and every box kind of defined her by the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, just be you. And if somebody doesn't like it, then... Phew. Right. How with them? But that takes self-confidence, self-assurance. It does. It's a, and it also takes a knowing of who you are, who you want to be. Yeah, it does. Which I think lends, I mean, leads right into the next one. Which is set and keep firm boundaries with homework, friends, lovers at the get-go. Lovers. So, <laughs> lovers. So, I will use my daughter as an example. Um, she, one of the You're guys. Welcome, Yes, lovely Camille. She, one of the guys was late on a date and mm-hmm. she just told him, you know, my time is important. It's valuable. I really need you to be on time. And I also need you to plan a date. That would mean a lot to me. There you go. And shout out to the guy. He stepped up and was willing to do that. So That's I think. so cool. Yeah. And that was a, I think it's a kind boundary. It wasn't mean, but yep. it definitely was set at the beginning. And I think. If a person is willing to respect that at the get-go, that's a really good sign. I think it is a really good sign and good for her for doing that. Because you're right. It wasn't mean. It was just saying, hey, you know. Oh, I mean, like if his dog died and he's like, I had to stop by the vets. It's different. but Right. Exactly. Expectations are the seed of all disappointment, right? Like now he knows knows what the score is. Mm -hmm. He knows what the expectations are. And then it's a lot easier to live up to that. Right. So along with that, you just can't like. I'm thankfully married and not in this position. uh, And of course, Brian and I never uh, have disagreements and the expectations are always crystal clear. Absolutely. Yeah. You're you're not playing games. It's not this mind reading thing, but it's Mm -hmm. just, it's clear boundaries and it's clear expectations. Mm -hmm. I, Brene Brown says clear is kind and unclear is unkind. And I always try to remember that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just be clear. Right. Yeah. I like that Fran, Fran always decides who's going to do which one. And she has me saying, treat yourself with the same kindness and compassion that you treat others because she's a bitch. Yes. So, and she knows that I am not always the best at this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But your self-talk is really important. And it it is important that you talk to yourself with the same kindness that you talk to others. Mm -hmm. And I do work on that. And um, a long time ago, I was at a workshop and they said, you should have clients. So on day one, they have to talk to themselves or talk to others the way they talk to themselves. So like if somebody trips, you're like, oh my God, you're so stupid. Everybody right. saw you trip and you're dumb. And then on day two, you have to talk to yourself the way other people would talk to you. Mm. So again, you trip and you go, hey, don't worry about it. Nobody saw that. It's okay. Like you're super cool. Don't even worry about it. Mm-hmm. And it, and I've told that to different clients over the years and they say the same thing. They're like, I don't know which would be harder, day one or day two. Mm-hmm. Day three is when the Italian parent goes, what are you stupid? What are you a moron? Day four, the German parent. Listen, there are children starving in Africa. 
put a Band-Aid on it and get back to work. Okay, I am going <laughs> off the train here. Listen to me. What? I am giving my OCD Here's growth, guys. I know, and I'm totally thinking about, like, I wish shit people would have told me, like, when you're pregnant, what you can expect. Because I felt uh. like an alien took over my body. Like, first of all, I have no boobs. And then all of a sudden, I had boobs. And then they had veins on the boobs. I was just like, okay, what the hell? Yeah. What the hell? What the hell? Is that and just like hormones, like how yep. I felt like I was invaded by Satan sometimes. Okay, you guys, I gotta tell you the story. Oh no. Okay, so here I am. <laughs> well, someone put a quarter in her today. Wow, thank so you, Dosekis. I, <laughs> I am seven and a half months pregnant, and you guys, seriously, I gained 40 pounds with each child. So I was huge and hot and very bitchy. So my mom and Nana came to visit. My Nana's four feet tall, Italian, right? Nana was on strike. She was not going to take a bath anymore. She was done with bathing. Whoa. It was day three. It wasn't good. It was hot. There's a whole other story to unpack. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we best leave it alone, Nana. So my mom is like, mother, you have to take a bath. We're visiting, you know, blah, blah, blah. I am not. She crossed her arms. She was not. Okay, so now I've got supper. I'm getting pissed and they're arguing that little woman will not get her ass in the bathtub so anyway my mom starts crying my mom does not cry and nana will not get in the bathtub so i'm like all right listen up get your ass in the bathtub now (laughs) and nana just looks at me and she's just like this is fascinating oh no here it goes Listen up, Humpty Dumpty. Uh-oh. That's what she called me. Whoa. She called me Humpty Dumpty. Uh-oh. Listen up, Humpty Dumpty. Whoa. You're going to have a horrible pregnancy. Oh, she put the Italian curse on me. I was going to say, it sounds like Holy she's putting a hex on you. She freaking cursed me. And I said, I would have had your ass in a nursing home years <laughs> ago. <laughs> Meanwhile, my dad and Mark... <laughs> They were doing because neither one of them. They were hiding. Oh my god, that's what I would do. I think they left the house. I would be in the North Forty. I am just saying this is not my normal self. Hear your your dad. (laughs) Francine's going off. We gotta go. (laughs) Dad, come on, let's get out of here. (laughs) Oh my god. I'm telling you, something takes over your body. So what, the moral to this story is don't ever get pregnant. Don't no. do it. Yeah. Life sentence with no parole. So <laughs> You cannot change your partner. Poor Brody. You cannot change your partner or how they act or set their priorities. So when you start dating a guy and he's a workaholic and all he wants to do is work, 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 work. If you think we're going to get married and then it's going to change and then I'll be spending quality time. Bitch, he's nowhere to be found. And that's going to be you, the single mom, Mm. you know metaphorically speaking. Right. And he's going to be a workaholic. So just if you can't accept that person as they are, don't waste your time. Well, and not only is it not wasting your time, um, but it's like, who are you to say they have to change? Right. True. So I don't know. Now, you two are in the the career of helping people change. Right. So can people change then would be the question that I would Absolutely, freaking lutely, but they have to want to. 
And so it's not up for me to say, Fran, you need to be less OCD because you're driving me apeshit. Mm -hmm. It's up to me to say, this is a part of Fran and I love her. Just like it's not for Fran to say, you know what, Becky, could you be a bit more on the ball because you're driving me apeshit? She knows that about me and that's how we work. And so now if I want to say, I'd like to be more on the ball. Mm -hmm. That looks like a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Then it's okay. So yeah, usually, you know, but if people do come to us and they're like, yeah, so-and-so says I got to change, we kind of have a bigger uphill battle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just is what it is. So leads into the next one. Focus on what you can control. My mom always said this. You can't control other people's actions. You can only control your own reaction. Marie said that? Marie said that and I never forgot it. Oh my gosh. She's totally right. So, you know, sometimes, and we talk about this with couples a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'll say, hey, I want you to, if I, if I'm only seeing one person, Mm -hmm. I'll say, hey, I want you to go home and I want you to say to your wife, what can I do to help? Mm -hmm. And then he's like, are you fucking kidding? Oh, I'm sorry, Marie. Are you kidding Mm -hmm. me? Like, I shouldn't have to say what you, I'm like, no, just, just go home and try that and see what Mm -hmm. happens. Because a change is going to possibly affect a change. Mm-hmm. And so you go home and you're like, hey, babe, how can I help you? And then she's like, whoa, this is really awesome. And now I kind of want to have sex with him. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, they're having sex for the first time in 17 months mm-hmm. and everybody's happy. Right. Because sometimes a change can <laughs> enact an equal and opposite reaction in yeah. the other person without you demanding that the other person change. Right. right? Sometimes. Sometimes. Not always. Not always. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. For me, a really important one is be with someone who wants to learn and grow, evolve or die. So if that's, you know, I wish somebody would have told me years ago, that is something to look for in a spouse. Because, you know, you think about, I want to marry someone who's cute and they make decent money and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, what are the personality characteristics that really, really matter over time? I do. I think that's so huge. And, you know, over the weekend, we were in Sioux Falls. We had four days of volleyball. We had two separate volleyball camps and then a team camp. And so while Grace would be at volleyball, Jim and I would have to be like the Sioux Falls tourist. It was really fun. We went to the falls mm-hmm. and we were sitting there and we were, we were talking about a ton of things. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking, I thought, how cool is it that 30 years later, almost 30 years of marriage later, we can still sit down and have a talk mm-hmm. about, I don't know, whatever. One of the things he said, and I don't remember what we were talking about, but he said, and I'm just going to share this. He said, too often people think that they're good people because they don't do bad things, mm. but they forget that being a good person means that you have to think of other people and be good to them. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, yes, that was CPA coop. That was amazing. That was amazing. I'm going to write that shit down. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we talk about not only somebody who wants to learn and grow, but when we talk about what is a turn on, mm-hmm. um, kindness and compassion. Mm-hmm. And I do. I mean, Jim is kind to a fault. It almost drives me a little apeshit. He's so community oriented, but then it also prompts me to be a little bit more community oriented community oriented. Mm -hmm. The other thing though, for me is humor. Mm -hmm. And, and for, you know, I can get so stressed out. I know it's hard for either one of you to imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, but that man can say one thing and I just bust a gut and it's awesome. Yeah. That I think is like gold because it can diffuse any situation. I remember years ago when I went through one of the most horrific experiences of my life, I was just so stressed out. I mean, seriously, I don't even recall half that year, but anyway, my husband texted me in the middle of the day. He's like, I've got great news. And I just thought to myself, Oh, thank God. And he said, Dairy Queen is hiring. (laughs) (laughs) 
Do you want gravy or barbecue uh, sauce? Exactly. Uh, gravy? I mean, you gotta love that. I mean, somebody who can diffuse a situation with humor is bald. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that I wish somebody would have told me 23 years ago is don't let people walk all over you, including your own children. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so guilty of that. I will admit it. I do let my kids walk all over me. Um, they, I don't know. I call it picking battles, but mm-hmm. other people could disagree. Right. I mean, you do have to draw the line, but it's mm-hmm. like, I just think about like generationally, like yeah. how our parents treated us to yep. how we treat our kids. And it's like, there has to be a happy medium. There does. Really? I mean, do we yeah. have to go from negligence to worship? Is there nothing right. in the middle? You know, we were in when, when Allison was at college in Brookings, we were, she was home for a break and we were in Target and we were arguing about something and we we're very similar. So we argue about a lot. And all of a sudden I thought, why am I arguing about this? Like I very rarely get to see her. Mm-hmm. And so she was arguing and I said, by the way, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what? You don't get to just be done. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm done. I said, I don't get to see you very often. I'm not going to spend the time arguing. Mm-hmm. And she stomped off and a mom next to me like burst out laughing. So I'm like, oh, she gets it. Um, and then she came up to me like a few minutes later and like nothing was, nothing ever happened. But mm-hmm. I thought, no, nah, I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's not worth your energy, really. I'm, de- I'm declaring the present session closed, so we'll see you later. Mm-hmm. And that keeping in mind that your relationship, and Brody has talked about this in the past, has to be the top of the food chain. Mm-hmm. When you are when you have kids, yep. that relationship hopefully will survive your kids. Yeah. And if it's not a priority, what is it going to be? Yeah. 30 I was years here late. first, so you can get in line. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's the best way to put it, yep. too. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Look for commonalities when you're looking for a potential mate um, or whether just a friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you have in common? You know, and make sure that there's some common ground there, because I think that's where we see people get, you know, they lose themselves in things and and just make sure that you have these things that you agree on, especially if it's going to be a long term relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. One thing that I tell my clients and my kids over and over is that like, if you have a major thing going on in your life, and let's say, for example, you you work for a boss and the boss is really disrespectful to you and you just, you're not handling it. You're not talking to the boss. You're not dealing with it directly. I'm not going to deal with it. They're coming to therapy and they're really not putting in effort to do anything differently. I say, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. This boss, Joe, he's going to go away. Mm-hmm. And then guess who's going to appear? boss Sally and she's going to make Joe look like look like a cakewalk so lessons will repeat themselves until they're learned and then the universe says good job here's the next lesson I tell people that all the time Mm -hmm. I'm like that with which you struggle the universe will continue to put in your path Mm -hmm. like for some it's patience I don't know who like not me oh not me no not me at all oh no No, 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 no. When I was little, I had a little needlepoint thing in my room that said, Dear God, please give me patience, but hurry up. I <laughs> so love apparently, it. this has been an issue from, from a long time ago. Yes. <laughs> so I can't really get mad at my kids when they struggle with it, too. The biggest thing that we want to talk about, well, this is why we did the podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everybody buckle up. Yeah. Therapy is normal. It's normal. You should do it. I just saw a thing the other day that said, this is why therapy is better. I don't want to say better, but maybe more useful than talking to your your partner. Mm-hmm. Because people think therapy, we're like, oh, let's just talk about our feelings. Mm-hmm. No, like we're trained in helping you problem solve and work around things and work through things. And, um, and so 
do go get the therapy. And what we're seeing right now is, because I had somebody say, but Becky, there's, you can't get into anybody for weeks. Mm-hmm. It's a true story. Right. Schedule the appointment now. Right. Don't wait for the crisis to hit. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, schedule every two weeks. And if something comes up and you can't meet with me, give us 24 hours notice so we can fill it and then go about your day. But it's easier to cancel than it is to try and get on the schedule. Right. And recognizing therapy is not just about, okay, my life has totally imploded. Now it's a crisis I need to get in. How about for maintenance or how about for prevention? Right. Let's build some skills. Right. So like, let's say you had your your, uh, young adult and you went through a pretty tough childhood you know you're going to bring some of that stuff into your current relationship with somebody right. you're going to marry. Would you not want to sort through some of that before carrying it all into your marriage, like with your luggage? Like, hey, exactly. here I am. Here's my luggage. I think a lot of our young people are better at it than, well, I know they're better at it than we were, 110%. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the lessons, too, that people have suggested is if something is wrong, go get help. I mean, like if you're in an accident and your your arm is dangling by a thread, do you not go to the ER? I mean, if you feel you might have a breast cancer scare, what are you waiting for? Go get a freaking mammogram. Yeah. What is there like something wrong with getting help when you need it? Yeah. And again, that also goes into preventative. Like right. go see your doctor once a year. And just see what they have to say. Mine is going to be in October, and that'll be a whole separate episode when Dr. Olson says, holy crap, woman. <laughs> your cholesterol. Your... <laughs> you, you might be I'm like, surprised. I'm telling myself I got two months to pull that shit together. <laughs> Do it. Do it. <laughs> under the clock. Under the clock. But yeah, just go address it, whatever it is, because, and I, and I get the whole like burying the head in the sand issue. I understand why people do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Cognitively understand it. My mode of operation has always been, tell me what's wrong so I can formulate a game plan. Mm -hmm. So let's find out what it is and let's get a game plan. Right. Yeah. Do it. Respect yourself and do self-care. And that kind of ties into what we were just talking about, but also on the daily, Mm -hmm. take the walk. Um, make the tea, just whatever it is, do the diamond art, whatever it is that Mm -hmm. feeds your soul. Yoga, you and I both love yoga. Mm -hmm. You know, just do what it is. And set a boundary around it so that it's not being like, oh, never mind, I'll just put this aside and I'll do something else. Like, guard that. Like, Brody talked last time about his Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. You guard that time. It's it's difficult though. Like I'm I'm working with my career coach, which is a form of therapy in and of itself about it about mm-hmm. time blocking, right? Mm-hmm. And bl- and doing exactly the thing you're talking about of blocking that time and and protecting that time. But damn, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. not especially if it's things you don't want to. I should block out time to do my finances once right. a week. I don't want to do that shit. Right. That I, that's boring. I hate it. Gross. So yeah. So <laughs> it's. I don't know how do you, what advice would you give to I guess me then like how do, how do you does it just take strength of will which is just a muscle that also fatigues like I, I don't know give me your give me your you sage know, wisdom here actually I wouldn't Wisdoms. say that what we've seen is that doesn't fatigue as much as when you think about having to do things cause you causes you fatigue that whole like I should I should I should I should. Mm. So, so it's not even if it, it's just in the calendar and this is happening, just you just it. submit to, to yeah. doing it. I would say do two extra things. One for me is have an accountability partner. Like if you, mm-hmm. if your wife or somebody you love knows you're doing this, that you can say, Hey, I followed my calendar today and they're like, great job. That's awesome. Maybe you'll get late tonight. Or, 
You reward yourself. If Who's you your stop, accountability partner? If you, none Maybe of your I'll lay myself business. tonight. Just yeah, kidding. okay. I see where you're going. Yeah. I see where you're going. So yeah. either way, that works out okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, so another sage piece of advice. You do not need to know your passion right away. You do not need to know what you're going to be when you grow up. No. Things evolve and change over time. They're supposed to. Yeah. And as parents, could we just, or as adults, could we just calm down about saying to the sophomore in high school, so what, where are you going to go to college? What are you going to major in? Mm-hmm. And then heaven forbid you're a senior and it's April and you haven't like, <laughs> you, know, you don't know where you're going in the fall. Major, yeah. yeah. It's like, why? Your prefrontal cortex is not done developing. It's mm-hmm. okay. Right. I think when I worked at Northern, um, and this could have changed, but um, our career person at the time taught us that the an average adult changes careers seven times. Mm-hmm. Careers, not jobs, but right. careers. Yeah. So, and I think that's beautiful. I mean, yeah. I love the fact that over time my interests have changed and evolved, and I'm doing different things I never thought I would be doing. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And it makes you like, I look at my retail experience that has made me such a more well-rounded person. Mm -hmm. I appreciate people in the service industry so much more. Um, I'm kinder to people in the service industry. It's taught me patience Mm -hmm. because retail is not a ton of fun. No. Do you love how I assigned you this next one? Because you are the queen of connections. Becky knows every person (laughs) that ever lived on earth and their names. Like she knows their names. So yeah, because we moved to Aberdeen, I get a job as a scorekeeper for city league basketball. And then I get a job at Herberger's, but yeah, so you just do that. You have a bunch of different jobs, but connections are, and that's what Aberdeen is all about. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things I love about Aberdeen, Mm -hmm. um, is they do look after each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember when I left home federal and then I went and worked for a couple of attorneys and I was walking across the street one day, um, to do some business for them. And a guy literally stopped. I won't, I won't say his name, but he stopped in the middle and he's like, why didn't you tell me you were looking for a new job? Like we could have taken you. Mm. And I'm like, well, I didn't know. Yeah. But that's how Aberdeen is. Yes. But I think the world is much smaller now because of internet. And so connections and networking, so much more important than grades or scores on tests. It's like, who do you know? What kind of relationship have you developed with them? I mean, it's just amazing what can happen. It really is. Yeah. And it does allow you to keep in contact with people and and just keep up with them. And, you know, you and I are in the relationship business. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I just love hearing people's stories. Um, hindsight's 2020. And if you really look at it, not only is hindsight 2020, but there comes uh, wisdom with age. And one of my favorite quotes is Maya Angelou. And in, in, I can't remember where she wrote this, but she said, um, yesterday, you did the best you could with what you knew. Mm-hmm. And today, you know better. So today you will do better. Mm hmm. But, you know, don't you remember when you were a teenager and your parents would tell you something, be like, eh, like my mom told me repeatedly, never get in a vehicle of someone you don't know. Don't, yeah. get, don't do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So my best friend from childhood and I were going down the Arizona river, you know, the lazy river float thing anyway. And there was these two guys in a Jeep. We thought they were hot guys. I don't know. They were like, hey, you want to ride? Dumb and dumber. Okay. We get in. So they're riding around. Us, we're, we're driving around. All of a sudden, we're going up the hill, people. We are going Ooh. up the hill. One of them says, oh, we're almost to the point of no return. At which point, I'm like, she has asthma and we don't have her inhaler. And she did an Oscar-winning performance of having an asthma attack. And I said, she will die without her inhaler. They turned around and they drove us back. And then... I mean, you guys, it was a miracle. Holy shit, We would have been, I'm not kidding you. But this is an example of not listening to your parents because what do they know? 
But quick, quick thinking though, I want to give young Fran well, a shout out. I mean, I grew up in Chicago, you, yeah. th- you know, but still, if she didn't pull that uh-huh. off, I don't, we'd be dead. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. And listen to your gut. Mm-hmm. That is our inner wisdom. When you have that feeling inside that something is off, so many times we talk ourselves out of it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're just making a big deal out of nothing. Or what if I hurt their feelings? No, people. Listen to your gut. I had somebody in law enforcement tell me um, a few years ago that in the Midwest, we're even worse because we just want to be nice. Yes. And it's like, no, it's okay sometimes to just be like, get the frick out of my face now. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be nice. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Experiences and quality time with others are more important than material things. And if that's, I think, I think we've done a good job of drilling that into my kids' head, mm-hmm. um, you know, save for the vacation don't worry about the fancy purse or leggings or whatever it is. Um, if you can do both, then great. Um, but if you can't, save the money for the experience. Right. And I do see younger generation more enamored with that idea. Mm-hmm. They're not really, it doesn't seem like they're as materialistic. No, I think you're right. Which I love to see. That's awesome. Do not worship your children. I mean, Ugh. I love my children, but I'm not going to put them on a pedestal and like bow down to them. I don't know how many times a week I say kids are assholes. <laughs> I mean, I love them. I love them with all my heart, but oy. I, yeah, it's a challenge. But I think that the more you worship them, you're basically t- teaching them to be an asshole because then they yes. have that entitlement thing. Absolutely, they do. And mm-hmm. that's just obnoxious for everybody right. as they grow up. How many times do you hear from parents, my Ugh. child is so smart. They're so smart. They're the smartest or they're the best or whatever. It's like, are they assholes? Right. Are they nice? Yeah. Are they kind? Are they conscientious? Like there are plenty of people that are smart assholes. Right. Or, okay, so they're smart here. Mm -hmm. You know, are they going to be, you know, one of our neighbors, her her kids went to the School of Mines. And then one of the things she talked about was the adjustment. Mm -hmm. Used to being the smartest Mm -hmm. kid ever. And then you're at School of Mines in, uh, well, in Rapid City, where everybody (laughs) was the smartest in their class. Right. There's just amazing. And, and then you, you have to learn that you're maybe not mm-hmm. the biggest. Exactly. Yeah. And that leads into the next one, which is being different is beautiful, mm-hmm. you know? And so I wouldn't want to be best friends with somebody exactly like me. Mm-hmm. I think that would drive me crazy and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, I love having people. I love being surrounded by people who are different um, and take that how you need to. Mm-hmm. You know, different can mean so many things. So be you. Right. Right. And don't let other people define you because you are different. So, so why don't you share what some of our listeners suggested? Right. Because I loved some of these suggestions. Mm-hmm. Don't stop going to therapy and or taking meds just because you start feeling better. I always equate this to antibiotics, right? Like mm-hmm. you take antibiotics, you're supposed to take them for 10 days, but you know what? On day six, you feel better. So you quit taking them. What happens? The infection comes back. Mm-hmm. So stick with it. Um, develop a plan of action with your therapist. Develop a plan of action with with your doctor. You know, if you're thinking about going off your medication, talk to your therapist and your doctor and just say, Hey, I kind of want to go off it. What do you think? And then we work on it together. Nobody's going to like literally sit on you and force meds down your throat, or I'm not going to come to your house and say, no, you're not quitting therapy. Right. Buckle up sister. Yep. Yeah. One of the things we want to talk about down the road, we're actually going to do a whole different episode on this, is there is such a thing not only of postpartum depression, but postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of people with this um, scared to cross the street with their newborn in case they get hit by a car. Doesn't, you know, just a whole ton of fears mm-hmm. that go with that. Right. 
And the last one is um, a listener said that once you have a child, you are no longer the main character in your life story. Which I think is such a beautiful way to put that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I thought about it and it's like my parents were always the characters of their life story. Their life didn't okay. change. Have you met Sandra? Like, yes. I, is that she who is we want to idolize? <laughs> but seriously, that generation did not do like, it just, it just was not a big life changing event. It's like you had kids, they knew their place, you lived your life and you fed them, you clothed them. Yeah. They played outside. I would say that was my dad, but my mom, um, I always knew and still to this day do, we are the center of her world. Okay. And mm. she was always, you know, there is, she always made it very plain and clear. And I've, I've hopefully done a good job of this with our kids. Mm-hmm. There is nothing we could say or do that would have her not love us. Right. And I think that's such a beautiful gift. Mm-hmm. Now we weren't up on pedestals. It wasn't that. I mean, my right. kids were always like, we're always going to believe any adult over you. <laughs> So don't even try to lie because uh-huh. your word means shit in this house. Um, because when do teenagers lie? When their lips are moving. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, there's nothing you could ever do that would disappoint us to the point where we would not love you. Right. Right. And I agree. But I think what this listener was saying is that he might have felt like life was no longer about him in the sense Mm-mm. that, you know, there wasn't much time left for him, maybe, you know? And, and it's not. And I think that's a common, um, I think that's a common feeling. And Brody, you can chime in amongst dads mm-hmm. because you really do play second fiddle abruptly. He doesn't. The well, <laughs> No, but I mean, when you were talking about all this stuff that people don't tell you when you get pregnant, like there's when you become a, a father or when your wife gets pregnant or your partner gets pregnant, there are all kinds of things that nobody tells you. Mm-hmm. My wife being an OBGYN, even a, a resident, I sat her down before she was like maybe six months pregnant, six or seven. And I said, okay, I need a, I need a flow chart. Here. <laughs> I, I need to know what all the options are and at what point the threshold is crossed that now we're going to c-section now we're doing this and it was great idea it was incredibly helpful for me to just have some grasp of what the hell was going on (laughs) and so uh i think that was that was great yes when you become a father you do like you have there's all this stuff to do but you can't do any of it Mm -hmm. i i got nipples greg can you milk me (laughs) like you can't you can't do anything necessarily, yeah. but you want to be helpful, but yet society makes you feel useless, right? Right. Um, you know, what? when the baby is born, you're not there changing diapers, you're supposed to go have a cigar and a scotch and all that. Like, right. it's, um, so yeah, the whole, like, I, I'm very passionate about just the, the changing, just the whole way that fatherhood is looked at. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's even beyond the, um, the machismo or, or the, the or even just the absentee father thing like mm-hmm. you, you obviously that's that's the base you got to be involved right but, but then i mean i when when my friends are in when their wives are in labor i'm i'm the one sending care packages to the dad like here's right. here's some candy and mm-hmm. here's what you should do and get some sleep you know like that that part is not and, and it's not focused on rightly so because there's a bigger thing going on but i know what it's like to be there now yeah and mm-hmm. so it's I think it's an important it's an important piece, but yeah, fatherhood is a trip that no one no one prepares you for. <laughs> what I love, Brody, is you're so vocal about it. Yeah, I really do appreciate that because I think more men need to hear that. It's 2021. I'm woke. I, 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 I woke wor- as fuck is yeah, Brody. That's me. I work and I'm surrounded by a lot of strong, independent women, and I mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's not always easy, no. you, yeah, but it's, it's really, it's really important. So, yeah. yeah, it's just learning how to work together, I think. Right. And I guess what I would encourage you guys listening to the show is like when you raise your kids and you want to give them some information, maybe you should include some of this stuff. Absolutely. You know, maybe you should give them more of this kind of information so that they don't have to listen to a podcast necessarily. Of course, they should always listen to our podcast, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I agree. And with that, we're the shrinks. And that's a wrap.